With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm very happy with the way they played. Um, you know, it's a nerve-wracking game, you know, number one, number two in the state. And we said no matter what happens today, it was a lesson game. You learn a lesson whether you win or lose. And I think that was the point today. You know, we played small ball, we got kindly hit, we got a great home run out of page. Can't ask for anything better than that. I think what our, our game plan was, was um, just going there and make quicker adjustments. And, um, you know, with a good pitcher like that, you know, you just got to get in there, you got to make sure your timing's right, and you got to make adjustments. And um, we caught that energy in the uh, bottom of the fourth inning, and I knew coming in, it was the bottom of the fourth, bottom of the fifth inning, um, that we needed to get right back in. So on defense, we went one, two, and three, and I knew that inning coming back was just going to be that inning, um, you know, that we that those adjustments started coming together. Feels good. I mean, we've been practicing against her and what she pitches, so it's good to finally get a few hits off her. I think it was an outside pitch that just barely made it fair. Were you surprised? Like, oh my god. I was I was running down the first baseline. I was like, please be fair. Please be fair. I mean, I knew one run wasn't going to be anything for us. I knew our offense was going to come back. We're making adjustments really quickly. So I knew that our offense was going to come through, so I wasn't really necessarily worried about the one run. Hello, everybody, and welcome once again to Inside the Circle, the Game Time CT High School Softball Podcast, and we are uh, we are getting to the, the nitty gritty, folks. We are getting to the end of it, and wow, so much has happened. We finally got the Massic uh, St. Joseph game played. As you heard at the top of the show, you heard some comments from Jeff Babineau, the the head coach at St. Joseph, whose team is now the number one team in all the land. Uh, they are 15 and 0, and have uh, p- they put away Trumbull, and then they put away uh, Massick in that uh, the game that got moved, that finally got played. Though uh, they won two to nothing, and uh, joining us a little bit later on the pod will be the aforementioned Jeff Babin. Also, we're looking forward to that little interview. Also, at the top of the show, we heard from Cheshire's softball team after their three-one win over previously undefeated North Haven. They finally solved. Lauren Card and the number three ranked Indians go down and defeat three to one. You had uh, head coach Christine Drust. We talked to Mia Juditis, who had a, a big run scoring hit. And we talked to Bree Floyd, who had the uh, the go ahead two run single that uh, helped the Rams. But uh, before we get into that, here is my buddy Ryan Lacey, who is calling remotely. Um, from his from his. <laughs> yeah. Welcome. Welcome to the show, Ryan. How are you? I'm great, yeah. Through the amazing, you know, skills of technology, I'm able to be here uh, about 45 minutes away up in Woodbury. So, oh, the the, the deep woods of Woodbury. <laughs> anyway, so lots going on, Ryan. What's what's happening? And uh, you know, really interesting week of softball, huh? Yeah, I mean, St. Joseph was uh, number one in the poll by unanimous decision, you know, so to speak, and they 
they went out and proved it. They beat everybody. They beat Cheshire. They beat Massick. They beat Trumbull. All low-scoring games decided by home runs. Three different players hit home winning game-winning home runs in those three games, which is pretty remarkable. And you mentioned before about how they finally got the game in, and they had to move it yeah. you know, from St. Joe's to Massick just to get it in. So, so many hurdles that were finally cleared there, and they finally got it in there, and it was the deciding one to see, at least for now, who's the best team in the state. Yeah, and neither of us got to see that game because uh, we were nope. busy on a Saturday. <laughs> you were in Florida for you know the day, and I was up here. I, I had some other stuff to do, and uh, you know none of us got to see it. So, so when we needed a rain out, we did not get a rain out, or we actually did, no. but they decided to move it. So, it, you know, it was there was just no way they were going to not play that game. It was getting to the end of the season at this point. We'll talk to Jeff yeah. about that, but it's getting to the end of the season at this point. You might as well look. I don't care if we have to play in a parking lot. We got to play this thing because they got prompts. Well, maybe the other. next time, maybe the next time when they, if they get to play in the Class L tournament, that you know we'll actually get to be there for it. Yeah. So I mean, you know, they're uh, so even though we haven't got to see him, we did see him earlier uh, this week. So I mean, is this something you expected, Ryan? You you expect St. Joseph kind of you know, really uh, prove its mettle here? Or did you? are you surprised that they've been able to, to be unbeaten so far? Um, I wasn't surprised by how the games turned out. I I believe I said one time that when St. Joe's and Massac finally got to play, it was going to be a pitcher's duel. It was going to come down to one, you know, swing in the bat either way, and that's obviously what happened there with, the you know, the two-nothing win they got. Maybe it's St. Joseph's FCX schedule that prepared them for this. I'm not sure. Massac doesn't get a lot of tests, you know, up until this game, and St. Joe's probably had a more difficult schedule. Obviously, beating Cheshire and Trumbull, and even having, you know, trickier games, even against Ludlow, winning easily. But Ludlow's a good team, so maybe their strength of schedule paid off at the right moment in that in that sort of situation. But again, though, if they play again, no one would be surprised if it went the other way. Yeah, no, I, I wouldn't be. And, and uh, I mean, I guess it just comes down to, you know, that one mistake, that one thing that happens that that maybe kind of gives a team gives a team a little opening because it's such a you know, it's such a you got to be perfect. And uh, yeah, in like you, just one, a few inches. of Yeah. Sorry, that home run that, you know, that decided the massive game. I mean, it, w- it went just barely over the fence and. I saw in the video that uh, Meg McFarlane crashed through their makeshift fence there <laughs> trying to make the play. So it was like just a game of inches, like you say. Yeah, it was. And then, you know, you look at the Cheshire game uh, the other day against North Haven. Uh, you know, they they hit a home run, North Haven. They go up one nothing, And with, with Lauren Card on the mound, you're figuring like, well, that's that. <laughs> Right, it's in the fourth inning. Right. You know that that she's just been she hadn't given up a run. North Haven and her hadn't given up a run since April tenth, and uh, one nothing. You, I like my chances of uh, if I'm uh, Karen Castanola. Uh, I, I love my chances at that point. But you know, as she said, yeah, they're a good team. You know, and uh, <laughs> and they can never count Cheshire out ever. And I think that's wise advice. And and she said we had a long way to go. And sure enough, you know, Cheshire they made their adjustments. Juditis got them going. They actually hit. They hit. They 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 put together five straight hits against Lauren oh, wow. Card. So that could that could have been even worse. But it kind of got started as Christine was uh, Druss was saying. Got started the, the inning before she knew they were going to be okay when Mia hit a double that uh, smoked a double. If he just maybe hit it a little bit harder, it probably would have went out. 
but it was a nice right in the gap and she was playing him back uh karen was because she knows how dangerous cheshire is and uh and that right. she still smoked a double in there to into the gap and and, and it, but it didn't end up in any runs then north haven takes the lead uh and then the next thing you know once they got to back to the top of the order uh, then it seemed like Cheshire's like, all right, we got this. We know what we're doing. And sure enough, bang, 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 bang. She had five straight hits, which was, was shocking to me. You know, maybe a, a throw to the wrong base kind of helped that thing along, um, you know, allowing the first run to come home to tie it. And then uh, and then the floodgates opened. And he had, obviously, Brie Floyd with that, you know, with sm- smacked a shot. Just It just went fair. I mean, you talk about inches. Oh, just went fair down the right right field line. And uh, two runs score there, and 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 then at that at that point you're like, wow, um, well, <laughs> game of inches. We just saw a bunch right. of uh, inches make it make a foot there. So uh, they they opened a two a two uh, run lead, and North Haven goes down and defeat. So I mean, were you surprised at that? Um, no, I like we said earlier with St. Joseph. I, it's very difficult to imagine anyone going undefeated in the SEC. There's just so many tough games, and Cheshire had so, sort of shown their resiliency last week against Southington, coming back, you know, and winning in the seventh. And yeah. like you said, the top of their lineup is so incredibly dangerous with Floyd and Juditis. They eventually they're going to break through, you know, regardless of how good the other pitcher is, and that's what they finally did. And they're Cheshire, you know, they're a seasoned bunch, and you know they're all they're always going to be there. Yeah, no doubt. We're going to quickly look at the top 10, Paul. You know, we obviously got St. Joseph sitting there at 15 0. Massic only drops to number two. I think that's fair. You know, you lose late yeah. to, to the best team in the state, and you were had a 41 game win streak, and that's over. But they only dropped to number two. North Hayden jumped up to three, their highest ranking, I, last time I remember. Um, and then they could probably lose. So, but. Right, and, and yeah. Then, then you have Trumbull sitting there at number four. They only lost to St. Joseph two to one. You talk about a game they they were leading in that game, um, and and you thought at that point, wow, this could be the big upset. And, but uh, St. Joseph showing its resiliency, sitting there at number five is West Haven, which rallied to beat Daniel Hand, a, a, you know, a traditional, you know, tough team in the FC, in the SEC. Uh, they they rallied to beat Hand eight to six. They are still undefeated. You know, we got to get Joe Morell on. <laughs> That's that is for sure. <laughs> that is a you know we we talked about it. it's not the the powerhouse SEC schedule, but you know fourteen and zero is fourteen and zero, uh, and you know they're going to get a chance to prove themselves in the SEC tournament. And so far, it's it's really great to see West Haven. You know, like I, we talked about in earlier podcasts, really great to see West Haven. Um, you know, in the mix as far as top softball teams, it's a great softball town. Uh, obviously, sitting there, number then sitting there, number six is Cheshire. Uh, with their, they're probably going to move up next week unless something crazy happens uh, with, uh, with with their uh, victory over North Haven. So, uh, South Windsor the other day, uh, they're they're number seven, they, and then last and yesterday they defeated EO Smith, which defeated Bristol Eastern. So I don't know what's going right. on up there. They're looking like the team, though. I mean, you know, you have Southington sitting there at number eight. Uh, but South Windsor right now is starting to establish itself as as the team in the in the CCC. Uh, yeah, Maria Hanchuk had the RBI single in the win over Rio Smith yesterday and struck out fourteen batters, I believe. And <laughs> yeah, that's that's pretty good. And they're scheduled to face Southington on Friday, which probably they're probably the two best teams in the league at the moment. But you know, it looks like some more rain is going to be rolling on through, so they might yeah. have to put that one back again. Yeah. Well, fortunately, that league doesn't have a tournament, so they could technically play until the first round of states. Yeah, 
That is very true. And they, they, they're just one of those leagues that just gave up on it. You know, there's just been so many things. You yep. just never know. And, you know, and it's just so crazy this time of year. You have proms, you have graduations for the Catholic schools and other other things that you need to take care of. Uh, and so it, they're just one of those leagues that are just like, you know what, forget it. <laughs> we have enough teams right. here. You know, states is the thing anyway. So anyway, so it's, yeah, so they have a big matchup. Let's hopefully that gets played in the near future. Number seven versus number eight. Uh, really big win, obviously, for South Windsor. Uh, coming in at number nine is Valley Regional, which uh, defeated North Brantford uh, the other day, and that was a big win for them. They're undefeated. Tell me a little bit about Valley getting in there at number nine. Yeah, they're one of four teams left after, yes, two more undefeated teams lost yesterday in North Haven and Northwestern. So they're just one of four teams left. So that's a you know a pretty big accomplishment for them. And uh Again, they have Addie Bulis. Their starting pitcher is one of the better ones in the state, and I guess they survived, you know, a close game against Morgan in their last game. But being undefeated this late is pretty special. Yeah, so they're they're kind of stamping themselves to beat in the Shoreline Conference, which has always been really good. You, know, you got Hell Ray in there, you got Cog and Chog, you know, North Brantford. Let's uh, let's not forget about the Shoreline League because they they you know the small schools in Class S. Uh, they're really usually pretty tough, and right now Valley Regional kind of showing it. And I was shocked, Brian, that no, that Bristol Eastern stayed there in there at number ten, even though they lost to Yo Smith pretty convincingly too, five nothing. Yeah, yeah, I was also surprised. I mean, maybe some voter lag there, or whatever. I definitely yeah. had Yo Smith in in the top ten for sure, and then. Bristol Eastern lost a game yesterday to Middletown. They played twice, and Middletown split the doubleheader with them. So that's definitely going to change heading into, you know, next week. But, um, yeah, I feel like it's just one of those things. It's like E.O. Smith played games in Florida, and it's like if they were just deleted from the from the record, you know, they'd be in the top ten for sure because they'd be undefeated. Yeah. Right. So. Uh, maybe, uh, maybe it, yeah, I, I definitely think it's a little bit of a voter lag. Sometimes, you know, you forget there's so many things going on. Maybe, you know, as a voter, I've done it before. Oh, that's right. They for, I forgot about that. And uh, it, it's it's really tough. Yeah, they would. They they are right now. Well, they did. They did lose to. Right. They lost to South, South Windsor, Windsor yesterday. Yeah. yeah. So they did lose. And to that's South their last Windsor. difficult game. That's their last difficult game of the season. They don't play Southington or anything like that. So, you know, they'll end up with a lot of wins. But. That bottom half of the top ten for next week is already going to have a little bit of a shakeup, but both of those squads losing, and you know one of the teams on the outside looking in, which will I think is going to make a jump, provided they don't lose and feel like they need more respect, which they probably do. Is St. Paul? They were closer to the top ten last week, didn't lose, and somehow fell farther away. I'm not really sure what happened there either. No, no love for the NVL, but the NVL had quite the crazy week. Let's talk about the NVL. Yeah. Later. Seymour uh, dropped yes, out of the poll. They lose to what, – what, what, what happened? Tell me – take me through the NVL's nutty week. Yeah, I'm not sure. I, I didn't know what happened until it happened because Oxford had an incredible week. They crushed Woodland, and then they beat A.S. Seymour 8 nothing on Thursday, and that was obviously an eyebrow raiser to everyone because, you know, Seymour had hit Oxford's pitcher last year really, really hard, and then, you know, so that made me want to check out Oxford to see what they had. And then yesterday, the game they played – they they had played twice in you know just a few days because of all the crazy rainouts that they had. And yesterday's game was just bonkers. The teams combined for I believe 29 hits, and it was just one of those games where whoever left fewer you know runners on base was gonna win. And you know Riley Bronson had the game-winning hit, you know which which eventually was the game-winning hit. Oxford had a rally in the bottom of the seventh that almost you know scored runs, but yeah, Oxford showed they could hit Seymour, and that's you know that's that's a feather in their cap and. 
the Oxford coach after the game sort of suggested that, you know, either Seymour or St. Paul were the team to beat in terms of, like, the best team in the league and that they weren't that close. And I, I, I didn't feel that way. I just felt like that Oxford proved that, you know, they're going to make it maybe a three- or four-team race in the league, whereas the last couple of years it was like, all right, well, Seymour is definitely the best team. You know, whoever beats them, it's going to take something unusual, you know. Yeah, really fascinating. I, I you know, to, to to lose, to beat Seymour 8 nothing. I don't care who you are. That's impressive. That's really impressive. Right. Uh, and then it just shows you how great a program Seymour is to come back just a few days later and then beat you in a slugfest, you know. So, um, but yeah, let's talk about a little about St. Saint, Saint Paul real quick. Uh what, what what's no one's no love for for the for the Falcons? I, what what do you? Yeah, that I don't know. That's a good that's a good question. I'm not quite sure. They've they've scored um, double digit runs in their last four games. They have two phenomenal players in Jessica Parashino and Abby Perot, who are both going to college, and they seem like they're you know they they lost one of those crazy ten nine games to Seymour that they blew a huge lead in, and that's it. So you know then they came back to beat Seymour, which is probably you know they beat Oxford and Seymour, and you know they. They probably deserve some more love. They get to play Bristol Eastern yeah, next week, yeah. which will be a great sort of the battle of Bristol. I don't think they play each other too often, no. so that'll be kind of cool to see. It's kind of cool to see, you know, who comes out on top of that one, and that'll probably be, you know, might be one of their most difficult games on the whole schedule. Yeah, that'll be a really telling game to see. What, but I, you know, I think until we get there, it's it's a week away. It's next Tuesday. Uh, as of this podcast, right. it's the May fourteenth at Bristol Eastern. But you know they're both in Bristol, and you know if you're a, if you're a Bristol fan sitting there, you, you got to get out to that game. That should be really interesting. Um, but yeah, I, I you know I I think uh, you know we, we the baseball guys, the high and tight guys, are talking about how the NVL is a hole in its own uh, in in the baseball. I mean, I think softball. I mean, they've always been tough. They're always great. Uh, and then yeah, now the amount you, of great players to come out of the valley is just incredible. And I think Seymour losing to Trumbull by just one run in the start of the season shows these teams could probably play with anybody. Yeah, I would totally agree with that. So I, I think you guys got to keep an eye on, on St. Paul. I think, you know, they already played Seymour twice. They split those games. Um, you know, 10-9 the first game and 4-3, this old pair of one-run games. We're getting close to the, uh, right. the beginning of the NVL tournament, uh, which begins in about, see, not even two weeks from now, right? It's like two weekends from now. Uh, and so, yeah. and they're they're headed for a collision course. But then you also have Oxford, and then even Woodland, which you know maybe not maybe that fourth team in the NVL. Right, and and Walcott's good too. Walcott has a couple of close losses. You know, they only lost to Seymour by a run. They only lost to St. Paul by a few runs. So you know they, um, you know, Kemperer, Seymour, coach that they're you know they're a pretty good team too. So it's definitely not a one horse race this year for sure. How about Northwestern, which saw its 42-game win streak, uh, regular season win streak in the in the Berkshire League, come to a close uh, against Lewis Mills the other day? And and uh, you know, I don't, <laughs> that's tough, man. I, so we got to talk a little bit about that, about them. What do we know? Yeah, they went undefeated last year, and like you said, they just had that long you know win streak. They had beaten Lewis Mills three nothing earlier on in the season, so. I'm sure they were pretty, you know, I don't know, is it take the sort of target off your back once you lose a game like that, especially last year because they did the same thing and, you know, reached the state quarterfinals. I don't know if it makes it easier, you know, not everyone's looking at you as much. I'm not sure. Yeah. Uh, any other teams you think from flying underneath the radar? I mean, we did talk about Northwestern. That, that's a tough loss to him. But anyone, any other teams you're looking at? 
Uh, Monfield's eleven and one. They just had a one nothing win over Plainfield yesterday uh, out on the you know other part of the state. Fairfield Ward they they had one loss, but they lost again to Stanford yesterday two nothing. That's a close one. They have Trumbull today Tuesday when we're recording this, so I think they can give them a game. I think that'll be pretty competitive. But what struck out to me, to be honest, is how fast everyone caught up on their games. I know this week will probably be busy too, but now we're at the we're past the three quarter poll for most of these teams, you know, except for Southington. <laughs> so, it'll, you know, everyone finally caught up, and now we're sort of making the mad dash for the postseason. Yeah, it should be really fascinating. I mean, hopefully the rain uh, holds off the rest of this week. Some point, uh, spring has got a segue into, you know, the nice weather of spring. We haven't even had that. It feels like it's a deluge every day. It's pretty crazy. So, yeah, but we have plenty of big games. What was, talk about, let's talk about quickly some of the big games coming up this week. You know, you mentioned uh, South Windsor and Southington. <laughs> yeah, on Friday. That's probably the biggest game of the week. A lot of the big games were actually yesterday, including the one I was at and the one you were at. Um, I definitely expect a, you know, a tight battle between those two CCC rivals. They played each other in states last year. Southington had a, you know, a close win and, you know, South Windsor could have the best pitcher in the state the way it's going right now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I see and other other ones. Um, a lot of them were Monday that, uh, that you had listed here. Uh, uh, Waterford, I believe, beat Gris- Griswold, right? Yeah, 4 nothing, 4 nothing. Good win for them. If re- I don't know what to make of the ECC right now. I really don't. No. <laughs> no, I think NFA... NFA has had the more difficult schedule. They've, you know, a lot of their games have been against, you know, tough teams. So, you know, and they have a lot of the pieces that you look for when you, you know, you talk about it. But, yeah, that tournament, you know, should be very competitive as well. Another one interesting one we have not mentioned is uh, East Haven at West Haven, the Battle of the uh, East and West Havens, uh, Friday at 7 p.m. At, at the, under the lights uh, over at Beyondy Field. And, you know, East Haven's proven itself capable of knocking off, you know, some top teams. And they did beat NFA. Uh, earlier in the season and uh you know who knows i mean uh it's nothing's a given in the sec no not at all and you know uh west haven plays hillhouse tomorrow or today excuse me and then the rest of their schedule is just home home games against good teams you got hand east haven amity you know three games in a row so to get to that undefeated finish you know is going to be very challenging for sure and any of these teams can knock off you know one another yeah, East Haven is, has kind of had a, a an up and down season. You know, they 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 obviously they started out zero and three, then they won what three straight, or actually they won uh, five out of their la- uh, their next six, including beating NFA, and then they beat Sheehan up, and then lost to Sacred Heart Academy by one, lost to North Haven only by two, uh, and then they just beat up Brantford uh, sixteen to two the other day. So and they get North Haven on Wednesday before they play West Haven. So you know certainly Easties battle tested i'd love to see what uh, what they're all about um and, yeah, and, some, of, some of these schedules are just insane to be honest yeah and any uh top performances or any performances of note we that we have not mentioned well one happened yesterday uh, brianna brown from notre dame threw a no hitter and a one nothing win over stratford hmm. obviously when we talked to jeff bavino last week it was right that yeah. you know their offense had been mashing everyone and then they you know they ran into a few 
you know, stumbling blocks. They lost to Newtown. They lost to Massick, and then yeah. so they really they really relied on their pitching to get you know their this latest win. You know, anytime you can throw a complete game no hitter, it wasn't like a five inning one. So in in a game, you you needed all the zeros to win. So that's a big you know big, big performance out of her. And then of course. Maria Hanchuk's performance yesterday, you know, was the winning, you know, deciding winner. And we should also shout out uh, Bernadette Kingsbury of Sacred Heart. Uh, someone just mentioned to us she had threw a two hitter with 15 strikeouts against Brantford, but uh, she became the all-time strikeout leader at Sacred Heart Academy. And you know, they've they've had some great pitchers there over the years. One of them is my good friend. Uh, but uh, uh, you know, to 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 become the all, I think it was like 590 something, which is really impressive for for them. Yeah, and she's uh, and they're they're ten and five. They've actually had a really good season. I, when I went to um, to watch them against North Haven to talk to North Haven, they were they were right in the game. It was a really close game. So you know, obviously they they've had a pretty solid year themselves. Yeah, they've uh, they've won. They're they're let's see, they're three. They've won their last three. Uh, they lost a four and one, uh, five and one. They lost to North Haven, Haven three to one three to zero. Um, but they've beaten Mercy. Uh, they they lost to Laurel Hall in the Slugfest ten to eight. So this you know sick, typical Sacred Heart team. They, they you know they're they're not quite out of it. You never, you never know what you're gonna gonna get. And if if Kingsbury can mow them down, you know that they could be a surprise coming in the uh, upcoming tournaments. Uh, anything else? Um, no, I think that's it. I think like we said before, we're just starting to finally hit the bottom, you know, the final stretch here. A lot of the top teams have finally played each other. There's, there's only four undefeated teams left in the entire state. So I think we're ready to roll. All right. Um, anyway, without further ado, we're going to get to our guest this, uh, to this afternoon. Since Ryan's on remote, it's just me solo interviewing, uh, coach Jeff Babineau. So let's get to that right now. Joining us on the podcast is of course the, 10-year veteran head coach of St. Joseph High School softball program. He just won his 200th uh, career victory just a few weeks ago, and right now his team sits atop the pole as the number one team in the state. It is, is, of course, Jeff Babineau of St. Joseph. Coach, how you doing? Welcome to the pod. Good, Sean and Ryan. Thank you very much for having us. Well, uh, so we finally got the game played. Um, but with <laughs> tell this, I mean that was an absolute nightmare. Uh, you know, yeah. take me take me to back to Saturday when you know it looks like you got another deluge of rain on Friday night, and then you're sitting there looking at your field on Saturday morning. I mean, you must have been like, we, we 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 this can't continue. This is like if you had postponed it again, it would have been another like four. It would have been the fourth time, right? Correct. Yeah, and the funny thing is, um, you know, I live maybe uh, five miles away, six miles away from the school. And I didn't have much rain at our house. Milford area didn't. And I just came to St. Joe's and, and Trumbull, Monroe area, they just got hammered. And, you know, I'm standing on the field at about 9 o'clock in the morning, and I'm, I thought the same thing you did. There's no way we can post. We have our prom coming up this, this uh-huh. weekend. Uh, so that wouldn't happen. Uh, and I think Massac also had their prom, I think, this coming weekend. So that was out. And then you look at our schedule. We started FCF playoff uh, the following weekend. Yeah. So it would have probably not have happened, you know, or we'd have to squeeze it in between three other games. Um, and then, you know, I, I the field itself, I didn't mind playing where we play. It didn't matter. Uh, the kids just wanted to play. And, um, you know, Lee was very good, uh, the coach of Massick and the both ADs. We worked it out within about 40 minutes on mm. the phones. And, you know, <laughs> it was just a, a great effort by both schools. Both ADs did a wonderful job. And, and then we got to play. And yeah. That was the best thing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it would have been nice, but you were one and two at the time, so nothing had changed from April. Uh, sorry, yeah, what was it? No, March 30th when we were supposed to play the first time. 
uh, and you right. finally get on the field. You finally get to see what everyone's all about, like the big anticipated game. And maybe, you know, not as much hype as you would like because you, you don't really quite know when you're going to play it. But you finally get out there, right. and, and the girls came through for you. You know, real nip and tuck game, you know, back and forth, zeros on the scoreboard, and just one one pitch and one hit, yeah. and that was yeah. it. Well, you know, we, we said though it's big. It's big time softball when you get two teams like that together, and it's going to boil down to. Uh, unfortunately, it's going to boil down to a mistake by one team, mm-hmm. or you know, a, a hit batter, an error. You know, you're going to bunter over to second, and then it's going to be a, you know somehow a fastball or hit that drives her in. And we just had, uh, you know, we, we got on the ball pretty good during the day. I knew we were going to make contact. We hit, you know, we had some good shots. It made a couple great defensive plays on us. Um, and then uh, Paige just got a pitch uh, that she found well and drove it right out. That was that was the key. Yeah, and she follows Charlie Horton, who who did the same to, to yeah. number three, I guess, the same yeah. uh, Trumbull the other day. So that's two right, top right. ten, you know, two home runs to win two games, and yeah. then yeah. <laughs> and then of course, yeah. um, you know, Peyton, your pitcher, uh, was, was has been just lights out, two shutouts. Uh, what can you yeah. say about her performance? Well, Peyton's just gotten stronger, uh, you know, from even last year to this year. Uh, she did a tremendous off-season workout program. Uh, we have a good uh, setup here at school. They have a health and wellness center, and our uh, trainer here is just phenomenal with the female athletes and the male athletes. Uh, but she put them through a, a great program starting in the fall, and we've seen, a, you know, last year was a good development of it, and this year they had a full year of it, and I could see the difference in the kids and their strength and um, their ability. So. You know, we have power. But we, you know, like I told the kids at the beginning of the year, we're going to have to play small ball. And, and it proved, it's proved well. And we've been in a lot of close games. We had five games already this year that could have gone either way. I mean, we could have been on the losing side of five games so far this year. But they've proved to, uh, you know, their, their fortitude's been great. You know, their attitude, they don't get down. They just say, okay, let's go. We're going to get back in this thing. And they do. So, uh, actually, uh, correct myself. She she did give up a run against Trumbull. I forgot about that. Um, it seems yes. like it seems yep. like she's sh- yep. shutting everybody out. Yep. Uh, yeah, but- no, no, it's not, no. You know, the shutouts will come. You know, I mean, that's you know, when we don't look for her. You know, we really don't look for her for shutouts. Um, you know, we talk to her a lot about just you know, you have a great defense behind you, pitch the contact, let your defense do the job. Um, you know, we can give up a hit, but then we'll trade. You know, we'll trade a base for an out every day, and if we do that, we will win a lot of ball games. Yeah, softball is such a. It's su- like you just mentioned. It, it's such a. You know, you gotta. You gotta be perfect. It's like a. It's a contest to see how how perfect you can be. Um, you know, I saw and I saw uh, uh, North Haven the other day uh, versus mm-hmm. Cheshire, and you know they put the pressure on with a home run, and then but it came down to what base you throw to almost. You know, right, that exactly. was like type of the thing, and it's such a pressure packed. Uh, situation. I mean, maybe even more than baseball, right? Would you think it's a tough yeah, it is. It, yeah, it definitely is. You, I mean, you feel you know the dimensions are so much smaller. Your base paths are you know thirty feet shorter, and everything. It's a dynamic game. It's so much fun to coach. Uh, it's fun to watch them play because your decisions are made in microseconds, and and you got to really think everything through before the pitch is even thrown. And, uh, you know, we spend a lot of time on that. We spend a lot of mental days. Um, yeah. you know, we just don't, you know, we don't pick up a bat or a glove and we walk through everything. We talk about the mental side of it. And the preparation on that, I think, is bigger sometimes than even just a, a batting practice. Yeah, that was going to be my next question. How do you do, how do you yeah. prepare them mentally? <laughs> I mean, remember, I mean, they, yeah. I mean, girls are, you know, they're a little different than boys. I mean, they're not, not completely, but there are certain aspects of coaching girls uh, that it's a little different. And maybe they, they think about things certain different ways. Um, sure. And, and then you have to kind of like, get through all 
what that entails, I suppose. And and so, like you said, mental days, you have to sit there, where do you go here? Where do you go there? Yeah. You know, how do you yeah. deal with that? I mean, it's, <laughs> I don't know how you coaches yeah. do it, man. Yeah. Well, well, you know, it's the same thing. You, you deal, you get a pulse of your team. Um, there's some days where I can come to practice and I'm all pumped up and I could just see it in their faces. They're not ready for me today. You know, <laughs> and then there's other days where, you know, I'm coming off of something. I'm coming here going, oh, geez, I got so many other things to do today. And, and they're all like, coach, what are we going to do today? We're going to work on it. Yeah, okay. And they'll get you pumped up. Um, so I think it's a good vibe between, uh, you know, between our coaching staff and the players. And then again, we, like I said, we have, um, you know, we'll sit down and do a team bonding day. We won't pick up a glove. We'll sit in a room and we'll talk about, you know, life lessons and, you know, stuff in their lives that are going on that have nothing to do with softball, but sort of inter, you know, it's intertwined. And I think it brings out a lot of them showing that we care about them, not only as a, you know, as an athlete, but as a, as a person. So I think it works. Uh, we found a good mix, uh, with this group. Right. And uh, so tell me a little bit about, uh, you know, the beginning of the season. You win a state championship uh, last year. It was your first since 2010, I believe. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, really, I mean, you beat a pretty good Griswold team. Uh, and then you, you you get bumped up to Class L with, you know, you got Nasik sitting there. They were undefeated last year. You got North Haven sitting there. They want to they're the SEC champions. You know, what was that like? Are you guys were you guys excited for that challenge? I'm sure you were. Well, yeah, I mean, you win a state championship, which, you know, I think every coach in the state understands it, it's, it could be a once in a lifetime opportunity. And unfortunately, we've been there. I've been there three times since I've been there. We won two, dropped one. Um, but, you know, you appreciate everyone you win. And uh, just getting there is a, is a tough road. <laughs> you know, it's, you know, it's, you talk to a lot of coaches. Some just appreciate, you know, making the states. We just want to get to the final. Um, but, you know, coming into this season, yeah, we had bumped up to Eller, enrollment changed. So we knew, I knew this probably last fall, mm. I didn't say anything to anybody, but we knew we were going to get moved up. And, um, you know, and then the phone starts ringing in February when everybody starts seeing the posting, <laughs> you know, and everybody's like, you guys are really out? Yeah, we're really out. But <laughs> to me, Sean, it, it, you know, it's, um, I, I, it's fun because, um, you know, we paddle all these FCF teams that are all double L yeah. schools all the time. And, you know, and then we get into a, you know, M's are tough. M is brutal class, you know, moving up to L now. You know, I see all different teams, and I think it's exciting for us. And it's kind of exciting for the other teams as well. Yeah, it kind of just lends into – now you, you're seeing your – all the, the double L's, like you said. You're seeing all the double L's in the FCAC, and then you yeah. have you, – you had been in M for years – it's, it feels mm -hmm. like, and uh, you see all those teams there, and then now you're see, so you're basically doing like the tour here. <laughs> you're, yeah, you know yeah. you're doing the yeah, st yeah. statewide tour. Oh, oh yeah, absolutely. You know, we, you know, I'm, I'm watching. You know, I got to go scout, scout different teams, and you start getting different reports, and it, it's fun. I mean, it makes your life uh, interesting. It makes coaching very, uh, very rewarding because now you can really get out and do some things that uh, you know you don't normally get to do. So now the target's on your back. Now you, you know, you, you beat Trumbull, you beat Massick. I mean, uh, now you're sitting there. You won these games. Now, how do you – now they're going to be extra motivated to beat you if they see you again, which isn't, isn't guaranteed. I mean, you, you saw what happened in North Haven last year. You could lose in the first round. Oh, yeah. Uh, but, oh, absolutely. Um, so what do you yeah. do? Yeah, how do you handle that? Um, you know, it's it's a hard thing. We've been in this – you know, I have to say it's been in this position quite a lot, but – um, you know, we talk about uh, habits and we talk about winning as a habit, you know, and I think that's sort of what we, our mantra is, you know, we just don't 
think every year oh, we're going to win you know 20 games we plan on winning 20 games um and i think that's the whole mindset that the kids have but we go at it one day at a time one pitch at a time and i it's it's you know maybe you know, an analogy but you know as a coach um you know you have to bring them back to reality every so often and uh, even yesterday you know we played a, a very good ridgefield team mm. You know, it was only it was only four nothing after four innings, and I'm going, girls, we're flat. You know, we made some you know silly mistakes here and there, but you can see it that they have to understand they have to come and play because everybody, I don't care who you play, will play their best against us, and that's something that you know you have to appreciate you know on on both sides. Uh, so and and you guys have only played uh, you guys are, are five games away from the postseason. It's not even a like a week. At, we can change, and next thing you know, you're in FCX, and and then you and you mentioned and mentioned it before. This is such an odd, a crazy season. I don't want to say odd; it's crazy because it's basically a, a month and a half to play all your games. You got proms, you got graduation preparation. You guys go early. Uh, yeah, how, that's I mean, that's just how do you how do you balance that? Well, it's probably one of the hardest seasons to coach in. Um, you know, like you said, uh, where there's so many activities. And you have uh, the other night we had NHS inductions. So we have two players who are in the Trumbull game that are, you know, actually it was Peyton and Charlie. And they're both looking at me, Coach, we got to go. And they, they made it. They were calling out, I think, uh, letter D in the alphabet. So Peyton just got there to get in line. <laughs> and then Charlie was right behind her. So, you know, it all works out. But, you know, like we have prom Thursday or Friday night. So, um, you know, if our game Thursday gets pushed to Friday, uh, what I do is I, I excuse the seniors. You know, I think the prom and, and all the other activities are probably more important than their softball uh, at that point. And we let them go. And I've played games um, without seniors on, on a, a big game. And, you know, you do what you have to do at that point. No, we acknowledge, you know, you know graduation is important. They have their senior picnics. And, you know, I think, uh, I think there's a lot more in life that, um, you know, softball teaches a lot of lessons, but the other things uh, are more important as well. Yeah, you need to get, you need to get this all in and, and, and make it work. I mean, I have a friend of mine who she was an All-State pitcher back at Sacred Heart 20 years ago, and she would tell me stories about how, like, she was changing into her prom dress, like, you know, in the, in the back of the dugout, you know. It was just, just crazy yeah. stuff oh, like yeah. that, just a crazy time of year. Yeah. Um, it is absolutely true. So, so tell me a little bit more about, about your team. Um, you know, who, is, who else has been playing well? I mean, we talked a little bit about uh, Peyton, who has been great. Um, yeah, you got Charlie hitting home, hitting home runs. You got, uh, you, you, okay. you know, I mean, it, it just, yeah, what, what makes you guys tick? What makes you, I mean, no mistakes, few mistakes, I should say. Uh, you know, a lights out pitcher on the mound, and then and who, who else is, uh, you know, kind of carrying you? Well, we, you know, it's funny to say that because, um, you know, they all think they're going to hit, you know, 500 every year and, uh, or every game, as a matter of fact. But, um, you know, we have a good core, and I think what it is is, you know, we pick each other up. There are certain days, um, you know, I go through the order, and we have, you know, Maddie Fitzgerald's our shortstop. Um, you know, the kid's hitting over 500 right now, almost 29 hits on the season. Uh, phenomenal. There's a sophomore, and, um, you know, she leads the team. You know, she's either that's one or two, and, uh, you know, we go around her. Uh, you got senior Caitlin Capabianco behind her. Um, you know, she's hitting 440 now. Um, you know, just a great contact hitter, puts the ball in play, can hit for power when she needs to. And then you bring up, uh, you know, you got Charlie and Paige, you know, hitting three and four, which both kids can hit the ball, you know, 250, 260 feet at any time. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, which you can't walk one to get to the other because that's not going to, it won't help you. So, um, you know, after that, you have, um, I have senior Alyssa Noche. Um, you know, she's, 
is contributing. She had a, uh, I don't know if she had a rotator, uh, little impingement syndrome in the beginning of the year. So she's been our DP and done a great job there for us. Uh, you know, she leads us from like the five or six spot. And then when, um, you know, we go down to our number nine hitters, uh, a junior, Cammie Heinz, uh, kids hitting, you know, 480 <laughs> and she's having, she's loving it. You know, it's like, so you turn the order over and it's, it's like, you know, it's a good thing to have a good combination of, uh, different styles of hitting. I, I pretty much all through our order and, and, and any given day, one of the kids, they're going to come up to the plate and uh, they can do damage. Any one of them. What's been like the biggest, you know, you talk about some of these, you guys have had a ridiculous schedule. In addition to the FCAC, you go, you go play Cheshire. Um, <laughs> you know, you, 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 uh, you, you have, a, you have teams out there that you also play, um, you know, and obviously Massac is non-schedule, <clears throat> excuse me, non-conference. I mean, you, you bat, you, 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 Ward gave you a good fight, you know, uh, Danbury a little bit. Oh, yeah. Um, I oh, mean, yeah. what's been like, the, what's been, I don't know the, what's been the biggest challenge or that you have has, has have overcome? Maybe, maybe it was the massive game or maybe it was the Trumbull game or what was the biggest thing that made you think that, all right, you know, this, this team has got like resiliency and, and you know, it has what it takes. Yeah. I think, you know, even, um, the first game that, Really, really good test was the Ward game mm. um, because you saw, you know, Olivia Vadis is going to Sacred Heart to pitch, you know, Division One school. Um, you, you can't overlook her. And, you know, she pitched very, very well against us. And I think I just saw the team didn't panic. Um, you know, they took – we talk about each at bat and you come back and you figure out what you did wrong, what she's, her tendencies are, that kind of thing. And I think I saw that their third at bat against her, they started, you know, making their, their right choices, I would say. And, um, you know, a pitcher like that, you, you're only going to get one or two chances, so you better take advantage of it yeah. every one you get. And uh, I, I saw that in the early part of the year, and, they, and the biggest thing was defensively. we didn't. They had a couple chances to score. They bunted on us a couple times, and uh, we misplayed one, and it just caused, you know, the, the carousel to start turning. And I said, <laughs> we got to stop this. And then sure enough, you know, they did. And I think with Peyton on the mound, you're going to get somebody that could shut somebody down when she needs to, but – if she does, um, you know, pitch the contact, we can handle the ball on the infield. So, yeah, that was an early test, and I think that was a good one for us. How about this? You know, what I find it fascinating is that the, the the top three teams in the state are all within like two miles of each other or thereabouts. I know. What, I know. Is it something about softball in this area? I know, like Cheshire's really good, and you know, you have great hot spots of you know, even out east. You know, Griswold's got been really doing well the last few years, NFA. Uh, but what is it about this area? The softball's always been huge uh, in this, This you know, obviously you got the Briquettes down in Stratford. Oh, it's sure. a big community sure. there. You got a lot of Stratford, kids going to St. Joseph and, and things like that. I mean, is it is it that? Is it just because it's just this is an area that's so tr- traditionally rich in softball history? Yeah, I think, I, think you're, I think you're right. You have a lot of kids that have grown up, you know, around these programs and have seen, you know, success in the past. You know, you're... you're you know, years ago with the Massac programs and, uh, you know, and even the St. Joe's programs years ago. And I think these kids see this and, you know, they want to play at that level. And uh, the area is, uh, you know, exceptional. I mean, you have good, you have, uh, you know, good coaching around, you know, your summer programs, there's some very talented summer teams around. And I think that's, uh, that's part of the process here. And again, we, you know, you go up, like you said, you go up the, uh, seaboard up on the, the gold coast up there and sure enough you know you got your griswolds and you know, you know waterford and all these other teams I mean, they produce good teams where where are like i don't want to say a majority but where is it a are a lot of your girls from different 
towns or are they all from a certain area or where do they usually no. come from? No, they're all different. I really don't have, um, you know, like this year, we really have one, one girl from Stratford, um, mm. you know, on the varsity roster. Uh, years past, I've had, you know, three girls from Stratford. Right. Um, you know, so it's just, I think it's logistics. Really. They draw from many, many towns. And, uh, you know, if they want to come here to play softball and, and get a great education, I mean, they we're more you know, college preparatory, you know, academically. And I see, um, I mean, that's that's first and foremost. And then if they can get something else out of softball and, and take it to a next level, that's uh, that's their choice. What, what, what brought you to St. Joseph? Um, well, I had been one of my best friends, Joe Delvecchia, mm-hmm. is, you know, he's the head football coach, you know, very well. Yeah. I mean, we grew up together and I coached his older daughter and his actually his other daughter, uh, Lauren. Um, you know, it's just something I've always been around the school and all my kids on my travel teams in the past, uh, three or four of them came here to play and it was just, uh, it was the right opportunity at the right time. Uh, so I, you know, I took advantage of it. Uh, there's probably 12 applications. I think I heard that, you know, we had to go through the whole interview process and, you know, I guess I was fortunate enough to get the job and it just, uh, it just totally worked out. I love the school, uh, you know, it stands for, uh, you know, quite a bit, you know, as, as well as the, uh, you know, the Catholic side of it, but as well, um, you know, academically, it's phenomenal. And even my son decided to, uh, you know, come here mm. and it wasn't so much, uh, you know, it just, he saw what I saw up here and he was with me, you know, he, I was, he was six years old, I think when I took the job here. And by the time he started, uh, you know, in high school, he's, he's dad, I'm here every day with you. You know, like, okay, he goes to the football games and so, yeah, I think it just became uh, part of our family, which is, uh, you know, which is a good thing. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah you guys have f- firmly entrenched yourselves there. I mean, are you, are you kind of even surprised at some of the success you guys have had? Winning three, uh, what you, so won, I, you won like four FCAC titles and you win a state title yeah. within like what year two or, th- or thereabouts? Uh, it was actually, it was my first year I took over and won a state oh. title. Uh, yeah. And then we were, uh, yeah, and we're Sean. My my philosophy is, um, you know, you put the product out there, uh, you show the kids, you give them all the tools to work with. Um, I have a great coaching staff uh, that you know supports me, uh, knows the game, supports the kids, and I think it's just a combination of both. I think you have some some phenomenal you know female athletes that you know enjoy the game and, and want to take it to a different level, and uh, you know we we basically give that to them. And, um, and I think, you know, again, I'm not going to say it's silly, but, you know, it's the kids that do it. <laughs> you know, I mean, I'm the sort of the orchestrator, but, you know, the kids are the ones playing the game. And, uh, you know, they love it. They enjoy it. And uh, I think they, they reap the, the, you know, the rewards of uh, their hard work. Uh, just speaking of that, how is um you know how how's the uh, the foundation in honor of your daughter doing? Uh, you know I'm looking at the so you were we were talking a little bit off the air a little bit. But tell me uh, how that's going and and you know what uh, I don't know what, what's going on with that. Uh, Anastim, you know, Bay Memorial Fund is uh, it's thriving. It does very very well. Uh, the gym um, we have my wife and I have uh, basically built the gym in honor of Aaron. And we are uh, basically gifting it back to the town of Stratford and the Sterling Hills Community Center. And that'll happen in spring of 2021. Mm. And then um, what I will do is I will stay on there. I'll keep working. Uh, you know, we have a full training center there, and I'll stay on there. And uh, then we'll help guide uh, Sterling House in, their, in the future endeavors and, and keep it running the way it has been. But it's been... Uh, 
you know, the impact it had on, you know, younger kids and, and it's basically only up to high school kids. We do not allow adults in there. Mm. So, um, you know, I love it in that, in that fact that it's all young kids that are seeing, uh, you know, they see Aaron's Memorial when they walk in. Um, you know, if I'm there, you know, I, I can I do clinics and camps and help the little leagues in town and things like that. And it's just wonderful to see young kids have a beautiful, beautiful place to practice softball in or soccer, or, you know, lacrosse, anything of that nature. So we're, my wife and I are super proud of it. Yeah. Um, you know, it'll last. It'll it'll be there forever. And I think that's uh, that's, all, you know, it was our testament. That's what we wanted to leave, um, you know, from Aaron's memory. Yeah, and I just thought, it, I mean, just for people who don't know, I mean, his, uh, Jeff's daughter um, died in a tragic accident when they were on vacation, and, and and this is just seems to be. I mean, everyone knows that story, and and this the way this is this this gym, which is in Stratford, uh, has come together. It, it, just to just to see the kids playing around and just you know, it, if she could see it now, you know, I mean, if, if, if she could see it now, just all this, just what the impact it's had on, on kids in Stratford. My mom lives in Stratford yeah. and, you know, I yeah. drive by and, and, and it's just, I mean, it just must be wonderful for, for your family and in a great way to kind of, you know, keep that memory, her memory and, and her life uh, alive. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and we built a, a little field. Um, it's almost like a little mini stadium on her elementary school. Mm. Um, an outdoor field it's just uh it's probably one of the coolest little uh little league fields and you know for softball players and probably in the area yeah. and you know we get a kick out of that too so in the spring summer but you know we go up there work on that and keep that in shape and then the town's been super supportive of us they you know they really respect what we've done and they uh, you know they keep everything up uh, you know as far as the property and the grounds and things so yeah it's been wonderful really wonderful community again my mom lives there in Stratford and you know it's 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 a wonderful wonderful town you go to the you know go to the uh (laughs) what's it called like the festivals they have on uh, yeah it's it's a great town but um uh, so just quickly looking ahead you know um at your schedule you know you're all about to wrap up you got McMahon on Wednesday uh, you got New Canaan, and that's your last home game, and then you then you get Darianna yep. Staples next week, and the next thing you know, whoosh, here, we are on our way. You know, you say you yeah. scout a lot, you scout a lot. Um, you know, who else you, uh, you you've seen Massick? Who else in Class L? Uh, you know, you think and not to get ahead of the FCX, but like you know, you look yeah. at states. That's what you want to win. Um, if you lose sure. the FCX, eh, you know, it's not the end of the world. Um, but anyway, but you look at some of the teams in Class L. You know who who's really going to be a, a challenger. Uh, you know in in that division. Maybe not maybe not for you guys, but just who's going to be really tough in that that division. Well, I, I mean, you see, I mean, first of all, you, got, you know, you know, you're in Massive. I mean, you're North Haven, you're Barlow. I mean, you got a team that's uh, you know, I think they have three losses right now. Uh, we, you know, we've seen them play. Um, they're a strong team. You know, they have good pitching. They can hit. Um, you know, you, you sneak in Maloney in there. Uh, Bristol Eastern's playing well. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, and it's, uh, yeah, I think at that point it's, uh, you know, it's a challenge of, you know, there's probably 8 to 12 teams in that that could, uh, you know, sneak in and take it. I mean, Stratford High's playing well. They have a very uh, talented pitcher. Yeah. You know, they can keep them in there. You know, they won, I think yesterday, they lost yesterday, won nothing at Notre Dame Fairfield. Yeah. So you have, um, you know, you have some talented teams all over, good pitching, and that's going to get you keep you in any game. Is it the toughest so division we, you think, Coach? I, I really, I'm sure every coach in every division, you know, St. Like, Paul's gonna say this is just as tough, but yeah. Um, I, listen, I we've been in battle in them for nine years, um, which I always thought that was the hardest division. I think, so, Sean, it's sort of a cycle. You know, you're gonna see some heavy pitching going through each division 
at some point. Where last year, I think the heavy pitching was in M. Mm. You know, I mean, you know, you had Kari Marks, you had Sinergia from you know, North Bradford. You had some very, very good pitching. Um, and this year, look, look what you got in L. I mean, you got Lauren Card sitting at North Haven. You got Shebe. Prosen can throw over at Massick <laughs> yeah. as well. I mean, throw Peyton in the mix. And yeah. Grinrod from Stratford. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I think, um, I'm going to say L's tough right now, so we'll, we'll just leave it at that. Okay, that's <laughs> that's fine. Um, all right, well, Coach, listen, I really appreciate you giving us a little time here. You know, uh, congratulations on the big win. Obviously, you've got a long way to go. I mean, everyone's yes. going to be coming at you in the, in the FCA. You got proms, you got graduation, get ready. Uh, you know, you should get off the phone with me and get ready right now. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll get ready. We'll definitely be ready. But I really appreciate you having me on. Um, you know, again, I think uh, you guys covering the sport the way you guys have been covering it is phenomenal. I think for the athletes, it's it's a great testament to them. So I thank you both very, very much for all you do. Thank you very much, Coach. We appreciate it. And uh, good luck. And we'll see you at some point. We're very sure. So that was uh, St. Joseph coach Jeff Babineau. Uh Right now, they're they're the team to beat, huh, Ryan? Yeah, they they literally could not have done more to prove that they're the best team in the state. They went out and beat everyone, and they played a very difficult schedule. And now they have a pretty manageable one down the stretch these last few games to finish off a twenty zero season and get ready to defend their FCX championship. I asked Jeff which division he thought was the toughest and i go is l the toughest this year i mean you have massic you have north haven and you, you have bristol eastern da, 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 da. and he, he he was like oh yeah throw that one on me uh but let's let's go to you what do you look at some of the teams you look at i mean he, he mentioned m is always tough he said s is always tough double l i mean but what do you think you think l is it this is it right oh that's that is tough i don't know maybe L might be the hardest one to win, but I think double L is still the hardest one to win a game or two, if that makes sense. Because these teams are going to have easy walks to the semifinals, most likely. So that's, you know, to, to make a run is not that difficult if you're one of these top teams. Double L, you're facing a quality team right out the gate, most likely. You know, if you think of a South Windsor, you know, a Southington Cheshire, yeah. Trumbull, all, yeah. there's so many quality teams and even like a war that we were talking about earlier nfa eo smith like all there's a lot of good teams in that league you know in that division so i think i'm that's my answer and west haven i didn't even mention double l so i think that's my answer i think to win l is going to be harder but to win a game or two is going to be harder in double l if that me, makes sense let me break it down for you um l is maybe top heavy and double l is just deep yeah that's exactly it and that's the tldr of what i said so <laughs> <laughs> well, well, we'll cross that bridge. We'll take a look at it. I mean, listen, even M is is tough, and then obviously Class S. I mean, that's softball. There's some great softball in this day. I gotta say, it really, you know, you gotta you gotta tip your cap to a lot of these teams. There, there's some, you know, winning a state cha championship in softball is just no joke at all. Um, oh gotta, no, that's definitely true. All right, well, uh, you know, we're gonna call that a podcast for for this week. Um, you know, thanks for Jeff Babineau for, for coming on. Next time we'll get Ryan back in here for the studio. We appreciate oh, him yeah. even giving us a little time. Uh, you know, how was Florida, by the way? Good, yeah. Uh, next question. <laughs> no, it was. It was I, I had a pretty. Well, my flight home was delayed three and a half hours, and I didn't get home till six a.m. But uh, other than that, it was it was adequate. Well, it was adequate. hopefully you get some softball to soothe your aching soul at this point, which is oh yeah, soul crushing airport delays. Anyway, so enough about that. We're going to see you out there. There's a lot going on, uh, as always. We're, uh, 
Uh, we're fired up for, for we're getting to the end of the season. I can't believe it. So for Ryan Lacey, I'm Sean Patrick Bowling. We'll see you next time. See ya.